Chapter 10 The Word in the Bosom of the Charity of the Father For us to become more attached to our Lord, to follow Him and to abandon ourselves to Him so that our lives become truly Christian, as He Himself so often demands in the Gospel, we need to try to understand better what He Himself is for us, as well as His work, His sublimity and grandeur. He must abide in us, and we in Him. If we desire to appreciate what our Lord is, we must consider all the aspects under which He appears, and especially, first of all, in the Holy Trinity. How can the Gospel help us to better understand what our Lord is in the Blessed Trinity? One of the most significant passages occurs in the first epistle of St. John when he speaks of charity, 1 John 4, 12-15. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abideth in us, and his charity is perfected in us. In this we know that we abide in him, and he in us because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father hath sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God abideth in him, and he in God. In a few lines, the Apostle whom Jesus loved very clearly specifies the place of our Lord in the Holy Trinity and also in relation to us. By the simple confession of the divinity of our Lord, if it is made with genuine faith, God dwells in us, and we dwell in God. And we have known and have believed the charity which God hath to us. Et nos credidimus caritati. God is charity, and he that abideth in charity abideth in God, and God in him. 1 John 14, 16. Deus caritas est. It is good to meditate on this passage of St. John's Epistle while asking St. Thomas what charity is. St. Thomas defines the specific quality of charity in these terms. Bonum est diffusivum sui. Just as goodness tends to communicate itself, so too charity goes forth from itself, so to speak, from the person. Charity is generous. It would be contrary to charity if it were to hold something back, because it is the exact opposite of selfishness. Charity tends to give what it has and what it is. If, then, this is what charity is, and God is charity, then in a way one can understand better why the Father engendered the Son, and that from the Father and the Son the Holy Ghost proceeds. Since God is love, it is almost impossible for him not to give himself. In giving himself, he does it in such a way that God the Father retaining nothing of himself, the Son that he begets from all eternity, is equal to himself, the Father. No one can tax the Father with egotism or with having given himself only partially. No, the Father has so given himself in the Son that he has begotten from all eternity a son equal to himself without any difference or inequality. The only distinction is exactly that 
the Son proceeds from the Father. But the Father giving him everything from all eternity, the Son is exactly equal to the Father. Clearly, it is a mystery. The scripture itself invites us to study what love is in God, since it defines God as being love, and the specific quality of this virtue is self-giving. God is love, the Son is God, thus love is in him, and it would be abnormal if nothing proceeded from him, if he did not give himself. The Father being love, if no other person of the Trinity proceeded from the Son, one might say that the Father is charitable, but the Son is not, that he is not really love, contrary to what the Gospel affirms. Since God is love, the Son is also love, and from the Son there proceeds another person, which represents the love between the Father and the Son, the third person, who is the Holy Ghost. This is the most perfect example of love between the Father and the Son. And this third person, the Holy Ghost who proceeds from the other two, is equal to the Father and the Son. In the interior of the Blessed Trinity, there is the most perfect expression of love imaginable. This Trinitarian love is admirably expressed by the liturgy of the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Caritas Pater est, gratia filius, Communicatio Spiritus Sanctus Obeata Trinitas. What commentary can surpass that of Dom Guéranger on this mystery? O oh, delight of the Father in the Son, by whom he has the knowledge of himself, delight of intimate love, of which he spoke to his creature, man, on the banks of the Jordan and on the top of Tabor. O oh, Son of God, thou art the word of the Father, uncreated word, thou art as intimately in him as is his thought, and his thought is his being. It is in thee that thus his being expresses itself, and its whole infiniteness. It is in thee that he knows himself. Thou art the brightness of the Father's glory, thou art the figure of his substance. Hebrews 1, 3. Thou art the brightness of eternal light and the unspotted mirror of God's majesty and the image that reflects his eternal goodness. Wisdom 7.26 Glory be to thee, O Holy Spirit, who eternally emanatest from the Father and the Son in the unity of the divine substance. The eternal act, whereby the Father knows himself, produces the Son, who is the infinite image of the Father. The Father is full of love for his brightness, which eternally proceeds from himself. And the Son, contemplating the source whence he forever comes, conceives for this source a love as great as that wherewith he himself is loved. What language could describe this mutual ardor and aspiration? which is the attraction and tendency of one person to another in the eternally immovable essence. Thou art this love, O Divine Spirit, proceeding from the Father and the Son, as from one same principle. Thou art distinct from both, and yet art the bond that unites them in the ineffable delights of the Godhead. Thou art living love, personal love, proceeding from the Father by the Son, the final term 
which completes the divine nature and eternally perfects the Trinity.